Hello everyone, and thank you for joining me for another edition of Burned Ambition. I am Burned Beauty 2018, and I have a really big honor this week of being here with, I call her queen. Her name is Chloe McNeil, and she is a recent burn survivor. And I don't know what to say about her other than how fabulous she is. And you'll just have to see. You'll have to hear her story and see. But please listen to it and take all the inspiration from it that you can. Because she inspires me. And you're just going to love it. I'm so proud to have her on. And let's bring her in. Oh, and remember, if you're on YouTube or Facebook, subscribe, like, comment. I want these episodes to reach as many people as they can just to help people. I want people that need to hear this to hear this. And this is a big one. Okay. Chloe, hey. how are you? Thanks for having me. I am so excited to have you, if you can't tell. <laughs> um, just ever since we've met, I've just followed you and thought of you and just, I love Chloe. So I guess we'll start with, um, just tell, I guess you can tell everyone a little bit about you or whatever you'd like them to know. Okay, well, um, my name is Chloe McNeil, um, 26 years old. And I'm a two-year burn survivor. I was burned in 2020 um, before the pandemic, um, February 3rd, to be exact. Um, I was on my way to school. I was in hair school for cosmetology. Um, at the time, I was in my last semester. And I was on the way to school when I... Um, came in contact with someone at a stoplight and they were just sitting there and the light had turned red Well, the light had turned green and then it turned back red. When the light turned red again, I honked the horn, you know, trying to alert them or, you know, yeah. maybe they were sleeping or didn't see the light on the phone, whatever the case is. Yeah. I was on my way to school. I'm trying to go, you know? So, um, I beeped the horn and the person got out the car. Well, at that point, I felt like they were maybe in distress or you needed help and needed a jump or something. Uh-huh. And so um, I cracked the window a little bit and he, he asked me, he said, what did you say? And so then it dawned on me like, oh, he's not, he don't need help. He, you know, looked like he got an issue or a problem or something. And so I, I think I said like, are you kidding me or something like that? Because, you know, I was, I was on my way somewhere. I had something to do. So I repeated myself and I said, are you kidding me? And next thing I know, he threw something in my face. It was liquid. Oh God. So me thinking it was like a soda or juice or water or something. Now I closed my eyes and I yelled, I was like, stop. And I kind of giggled it off because I'm I'm thinking in my head like Who does that? Right. Like you you're that mad to throw a drink on me? And my at the time that's what I was thinking. When I opened my eyes, all I saw was flames. And then I realized, okay, I'm on fire. I instantly panicked, um, but I didn't really, it, it was still surreal. Like, I'm, I'm not really, I'm like, I'm going to just fan a little bit and I'll be okay. Right. So I tried to get out of the car, but you know, when you're in the car and your car is in drive, your doors are locked. Right. Your, your doors automatically locked. You go so so I, when I reached for the door, it didn't open. And then things were happening so fast. So I tried to get out, couldn't. I climbed over to the passenger seat. And I'm I'm guessing, or, you know, it's common sense. I guess I had to put the car in park. But it didn't dawn on me to put the car in park and try the same door. 
I tried to get out on the passenger side, but my um my passenger side door was broken, so you had to roll the window down and open it from the outside. So in this moment, I feel like I'm stuck and this is it for me. Um I just I just I, I stopped. I understand that. And I asked God. This is how I died. I asked God, I said, is this is how is this how I'm going out? Is this it for me? And I heard a voice and he said, No, this is not it. He answered you immediately too. Like instantly. And when I heard no, this is not your fate, this is not how you're going out. I said, okay, well, it's a way for me to get out of this car. But still not thinking because I already tried to open the passenger door, already tried to open the driver door. I crawled back to the passenger side and I rolled the window down and climbed out the window. Did people help you? So when I got out the car, um, I was screaming. I was screaming, help, help. I had my eyes closed. I was just screaming, help. Um, I later found out that it was two people from that were across the street at the store that had saw everything that was going on. And they had ran over to help me. They put me out with their coat. But I heard them yelling, like, get down on the ground. And I was rolling on the ground in the middle of the street. It wasn't on grass or anything. So it was just hard, concrete, asphalt. You know, I was rolling on the ground. And I rolled into the curb. And then that's when they came and put me out with a jacket. Um, so after that, um, I was sitting waiting on, you know, first responders and everything. And it, it felt like forever. That wait for them to get to me felt like forever. And I just, I was sitting on the ground. Um, I don't recall if people were talking to me. I was just, I was so out of it like and in in the moment you never you you don't think about what's next you know or what's what's about to happen or right because in my mind I'm like God said I wasn't gonna die so I'm good you know I'm gonna be all right a couple days maybe in the hospital and I'm gonna be okay I'm gonna bounce back so first responders got there um the lady she came the she came and sat with me and the first person I thought about was my mom. My mom, at the time she was living in Maryland, that's where I'm from. And so I called my mom and told her what happened. Now, I don't know why I didn't call any other family members that I had in the, the, the same city that I was in less than five minutes away from me. Like I just knew to call my mom because I know she's coming regardless of anything, whatever's going on, my mom's going to always be there. So I call her and um, she said, okay, I'm on the way. Um, they put me in the ambulance and once I got in the ambulance, I just felt like my skin was crawling off of my body. Like, and it was crazy because the whole time that I was on fire, I didn't feel it. Like if somebody was to, to ask me, well, how does it feel to be on fire? I couldn't tell you. Right. And I, I don't know. Last year I had a conversation with my older sister and I, I brought that up to her that I just, I, I can't explain the feeling because I don't know. And she said, that's because God had you covered. You think that's why? That's amazing. She said, God had you covered. Because I don't remember the feeling of really like being on fire. I remember the heat and I remember thinking, okay, well, this is how I died. And then I remember saying the Lord's Prayer and then stopping like you did and saying, wait a minute, God, is this really how I'm supposed to Right. And I always tell people it's the only time I've ever gotten an immediate response from God, but it wasn't, I didn't hear his voice. I heard my husband. I didn't realize I was speaking out loud. And I heard my husband say, I got you, baby. I got you. Because he was putting me out with his jacket, but I couldn't feel it. Right. Right. I was on the ground. I had rolled like you had on the concrete. You can't put yourself out that way. 
not, I don't know, I know you can't put yourself out with accelerant on you. And I'm not sure if you can put yourself out on the concrete when it's not in the grass. I'm right. not sure, but I know you can't with the, so he poured gasoline on you or? I still don't know what it is. Um, it's still under investigation. Um, the case, the court case is still pending. Everything is still, you know, ongoing. So um, not sure yet, but, um, but he's yeah, we'll have some answers soon. Um, I and of course, I'll keep you updated. Um, and other people too, you know. We need to petition. We need to follow it. We need. He's in jail. Or mm -hmm. He needs to stay there. There shouldn't be any bond for him. He's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I use the word. Crazy. I can't, I'm not. It? I'm not the person to say what, what he is. He deserves, or you know, or but. Right, you're he's not. Going, he's going to get what he deserves. <laughs> Whatever it is, the fullest extent of the law, because you're just driving to school. And honestly, I knew that your burns were as a result of an attack, but I did not realize that they were the result of an attack from a complete stranger. Mm -hmm. That is, I don't know which is more terrifying, honestly. I mean, which is scarier, the for the ladies that I've talked to um, or gentlemen that have been burned by people they know, but then to think someone gets out of their car and has something flammable in their car for what? For this occasion? You know? For um, it was, it's, it's other um, reasoning behind it. Um, yeah. I've heard uh, a lot of different stories about. Like why? Uh, him setting it the, the house on yeah right it, yeah. It, it's, it's a lot so yeah, it's like, but it wasn't intentionally he he had a motive for it I guess and me beeping the horn interfered with that motive so in a sense it's, it was kind of a blessing and a curse because whatever he was planning to do didn't with happen. that didn't happen and I'm still here so it, it, it all worked out God knew that if there that there was a hero right behind him, because I don't picture you being terribly aggressive or anything in the car. Like my husband, if the light turns green for a, a millisecond, it's right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't picture you doing that. I picture like when I would honk, like if it's been, you know, you wait. Like it turned, oh, it was oh. green and turned yellow and red. Like, you know, it was it was some time so. Right. right. So this guy was already having a bad day and he took it out on you. Mm -hmm. That is uh, amazing. And so for everyone who does it, no, Chloe, um, she, this just happened in two, you said February of 2020. Mm -hmm. And she has, she has overcome. It's what I talk about. She has overcome. She, how long were you in the hospital, sis? Um, I was in the hospital for 10 months from February to December. I got out December 18th. Wow. Yeah, I got burned on December 17th, that was oh, 2018. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, I got of two years earlier on the 17th. And then I slept until February the something. I think it was the 19th. We're just kind of reversed. But think about it, y'all. She, Chloe was burned by a stranger and then she's in the hospital and then it's COVID when she wakes up. Could you have guessed? None. Um, when I woke up, well, the last thing I remember was getting in the ambulance. And like I said, I felt like my skin was just, was crawling off of my body and I was screaming to the top of my lungs. And that's the last thing I remember until about April um, but when I first woke up and they told me, you know, you, you can't have any visitors. Um, and I was questioning because I'm like, I didn't do this. Like, what, what did I do? What was wrong with me to the point where I can't have any visitors? There was no COVID when you went to sleep. Still, still, still not even aware that how severe everything was. Cause I hadn't seen myself, you know, it was, it was a lot to take in and I wake up with, 
breathing tubes and, you know, a trach and feeding tubes and cords everywhere. And it was like, I can't have nobody here. Well, where's my mom? You know, I'm asking questions and, well, not really asking questions because at the time I still couldn't talk. Um, but it was, it was, it was very hard because I had to go through a lot of it by myself. The nurses and stuff were there, but they weren't my family. They became my family because that was all, that's all I had was them. Mm -hmm. So they became my family, but at the time it was, it was really hard. The, the burn unit nurses are amazing, um, but still, you know, I cling to, when I tell my story, one of the things I cling to is that when I woke up, my husband was there, my daughter was there, and my son, you know, and my husband was kissing my face and all those things. And, I, and I've always thought, God, can I have made it if, um, without that? And I... It, I get, you definitely have proven that we can we can make it when we want to. You know, you just have to. You could have been angry about it, you know, and you probably were a little bit. I mean, you could have let that anger consume you. I know. Right. And you know, instead of saying, "Okay, well, at least I've got the nurses, and they're going to have to be family for these ten months," you know, you can't see your people. I mean, that is such a, that that. You had already started to overcome right there, I guess is what I want to say, because we get stuck. You know, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm none of that, but I've lived it. And I know where we get stuck in trauma. I know where I got stuck. And I've talked to enough people now at this point doing their beauty and spreading awareness that I that I realize the points where people get stuck. And Chloe, every point where you should be, have gotten stuck, you haven't. So is that deep faith or? Um, my mom, my mom, she always preached, well, I'm not gonna say preaches, but she always speaks about mustard seed faith and That's how right. when she got to the hospital, they were saying, that I had a less than 10% chance. God. And mustard seed faith. That's all she had. You know, you know how big a mustard seed is? Yeah, tiny. Very tiny. She said that's that's all she had more faith than that, but she was big on having just a mustard seed faith, the size of a mustard seed. And that's and, you have at least that much, right? And or it got you through just that mustard seed faith, you know. I didn't know when I woke up that I was really still in a lot of danger, you know. I didn't get that part. And I think that my family, my husband in particular, probably shielded me from that. He talked to the doctors a lot. They didn't talk to me. I had real trouble speaking with the with the trach, <clears throat> after I got off the ventilator, I had, I would talk, but nobody knew what I was saying, except my husband. And um, I just didn't realize all the things, like I kept getting pneumonia, you know, from laying on my back. I don't know if you had that. And then I went off to a <clears throat> rehabilitation and I got this terrible, sounds not big, this terrible fungus on my scalp that ended up almost killing me. Um, and I went septic. And I, even when I was septic, I didn't know I was septic. I'm just thinking I have, like, uh, you know, I, I've just, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. You know, sort of the cartoon where, I guess the, it's a bad example with the fire, but you've seen the cartoon where there's a person sitting in a room that's on fire and they're going, I'm fine, everything's fine. Everything's mm -hmm. fine. Right? That's where I was in my head. I wasn't straight, I wasn't clear. And I'm willing to bet that because you were there and your interaction was with the nurses, you were very in tune to everything that was going on. And uh, I think that helped you a lot because you're also very grounded 
and very smart and very faithful. So hearing them directly tell you what's going on, because I know there had to be complications. Right. Um, I, I did. I was I caught infections um, because of, you know, the open wounds and stuff like that um, to the point where on top of COVID. So even like specific, I only I only could have specific nurses because of the infection that I had. And they put me in a separate ward or not ward, but separate unit because I was infected and it was contagious and Marissa. it was a lot. It was a lot. Marissa, I had to, yeah, I had Marissa and strep and fungus on my scalp. And it was just literally just eating me alive. And everybody was like, no, no, it looks fine. Everything's fine. And I now, when <laughs> thinking back, when they were saying, oh, oh, you look, you look so good. And it looks, it looks. Why y'all lying to me? <laughs> like, that's how I feel. That's how I feel. Like, if, if, I have to keep my mirror covered because I, I kept the mirrors covered for a long time. Me too. And I'm I was to the point where it's like if I have to keep these mirrors covered, don't tell me I look good or I look great or I look beautiful. Like I I and I hadn't even seen myself, but once I learned that they had to shave my hair. They shaved mine too. I was livid. I was so upset because the whole time I, extensions I thought I had hair. I thought I had hair. I had dreadlocks. They, and they, they were long. Six years. Oh, no. Why did they have to shave them if it was your real hair? Because I had, oh. color, I had dye and color and stuff in my hair. Oh. And they took mine. Um, I had extensions and and so they obviously weren't going to sit and take my weave out and mm -hmm. shave my whole head. But I had a pretty good length of of my natural hair, and it hurt my heart. It was already growing back, though. By the time I woke up, it was I had, like, this little bit of hair, and my head was kind of wrapped. So I thought I had, like, hair, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like I feel hair. No, it was <laughs> gone, right? Hair was gone, but it's okay. It brought my love of wigs to be. I have hair now, and you know, those extensions and those uh, cornrows actually protected my scalp and saved it. Your dreadlocks probably did the same. Mm -hmm. Can you? They shaved it, so yeah, they shaved my head. Um, now around the edges, is I don't have any hair, Me but neither. but um. The rest of it, I have a head full of hair, like nothing ever happened. Those dreadlocks protected it, just like mm -hmm. did. I mean, they, the extensions burned and that burned, but, you know, I just, I find so much faith in it. I, I feel, I have been struggling, y'all, my followers, with the, um, just physical issues, but also I'm going through a medication change and I'm just going to tell y'all here because Chloe makes me feel brave. <laughs> That's just making me feel down and depressed and I haven't quit smiling since I started talking to <laughs> because that is what this does for you when you tell your story or when you listen to other people's stories, you feel, you know, my eyes are watering and I'm not, I'm sniffling, I'm not sick. This is, you know, I'm <laughs> not, <crying>. you know, <laughs> because I, I, I just feel like, look at this young woman. And then I saw her two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago in Miami, sporting a bikini, looking like a supermodel, <laughs> having a great time. And I was like, yes live, 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 live. You got to. I was so scared. I was so scared. You were half my age, sis, and, and, and 10 times wiser. I, I hid in the house, you know? I, I maybe I'm, I, don't, I don't knock anyone for, you know, whatever amount of time you need to take to recover. Right. But I wish I had just tried to put my toe in the water a couple of times. Just gave it, you know, just give it a little try, give myself a little nudge, challenge mm -hmm. myself a little. And I finally did with Burn Beauty. I just wish I'd done it sooner. Honestly, not so much for me, but because it has changed 
my whole family's life and it's changed a lot of other people's lives just coming out and talking about it. And I think you're on that path too, right? Tell me Mm -hmm. on social media. So what are you? And you can cook. Chloe can cook, (laughs) y'all. I like to eat, so gotta cook. (laughs) (laughs) What's your what are you thinking with your awareness or what do you want to do next? Um well, as you know, um, but I've started my vlog, uh, my YouTube channel, and I started vlogging. So I have a couple of videos out of there. Um, but that's not, those aren't really, those are just to kind of show, you know, my strength, you know, that I, 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 per, I keep going, persevere. Right. But um, in the long run, I do want to, you know, do motivational speaking. I do want to travel mm-hmm. and, you know, speak to other burn survivors or, and I don't want it to just stop at burn survivors though. Like right. I want it to be survivors of what everything, cancer, domestic violence, um, you know, anything, anything that you have survived from, even mental, no, mental no, health, you know. Any depression, like I've been... Because I've had people reach out to me that aren't burn survivors and mm-hmm. just, oh, I'm going through this and that. I'm like, well, and I don't try to make people feel sorry for me, but I, at the same time, always refer to myself. That's I made it through. Yep. You can make it through. That's what we have to do, being that we're not um, therapists or mental health professionals you know, so I offer people and a lot of people know that if they come to me, I'll tell them I am a growth coach. I can, I am a certified growth coach. I can help you reason through that. But if you're at a point of depression, I can only tell you how it's worked for me and encourage you to maybe get therapy or whatever. I definitely want to, I love to travel. I was really traveling right before I got burned, you know, really just starting to really, really travel because my kids had uh, grown up in mm-hmm. college, you know, and it's just me and the husband. And um, it, TEDx talks are a great option. If you it, look it up, it's, um, there are TED talks, which people know about. Those are on a large scale. When you do a TED talk, you are speaking to a global community about confidence or about overcoming or about resilience or whatever your platform is. But TEDx talks are to smaller local communities so you can travel the world giving these talks on a smaller scale and help people because I love to spread the burn awareness. But at the same time, I do think the things that we go through as just trauma survivors are is enough to help so many other people. Like you said, I don't want to limit it. And right now we're, I'm, you know, I have, I kind of work in the burn community because it's my home. It's what got me here, but I do want to branch. Eventually out. branch out, right? Yeah, yeah. I want to branch out further. And I have, I'm sure you have, you know, we both have lots of people contacting us that are not, that haven't even been through trauma. It's just a question of how do you find your confidence again? Right. How'd you do that? Um, honestly, <laughs> it, it, so I did a lot of, you know, burn survivor searching, you know, Hashtag burn survivors on Instagram, um, YouTube. That's how I came across, you know, you. And um, it just seeing other people be able to, you know, post and get out there and after being burned and having scars and looking like me, you know, it, I'm like, I could do that too, you know. What's what stopping me? What, why sit in the room, be depressed? It hurts more to sit in the house and be depressed in the dark and cry and than it does to actually get up and go out and do something. You feel a lot better when you when you actually when you're actually doing something. 
and so that was my 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 you know okay get it together you had a year in the hospital you had a year home get it together and, and let me get going yeah because i had i guess it was i was two and a half years out when you know my friend and caretaker finally said to me you know you need to look at yourself in the mirror things are different now uh, because i wouldn't look in the mirror either that's something that you and i both have the same when i woke up I was happy to be alive and I knew my face was bad. I could feel it. It, it didn't feel like it was attached. Right. Felt like a mask, mm -hmm. right? And, and I knew that was bad and my mouth wouldn't close. You know, it was like, constant. Mm -hmm. my teeth were closed, but my mouth was open and I was happy to be alive. I was happy to be surrounded by my family and I didn't want to look in the mirror. I didn't want to see it. I didn't want anything bringing me down. I was just like, nope, I'm, I'm good. You know, whatever this face looks like, in here I feel me. And I, and right. But, you know, you eventually have to look. And so I woke up in February and I didn't look until April. And it was by mistake. I, I had finally gotten strong enough to pick up my iPhone. And when I picked it up, the black screen, I saw myself in it. That's <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's, it's something else when you when you anticipate it and it finally happens. Yeah. Um I had my I had a sheet over the mirror. Or it was like a uh I used to work at a like a boat after school program for um for the kids. And so um, one of the kids had made me a big, a big poster picture. And so they had that picture over the mirror in every room that I moved to. They would do that. They would move that pit, the picture and put it over the mirror. I would hold my head down. All the nurses knew, like if they needed to wheel me somewhere, whatever. I would either just close my eyes or hold my head down and no glass, no mirrors, no, no nothing. And they would go, oh, she doesn't look in the mirror. She doesn't look in the mirror. And then finally, one of the, it was a CNA too, that um, said, you know, girl, don't let this hold you hostage. You know, I talk to you all the time. You're strong. You're, you're, you're wonderful. We love talking to you. Don't you let the fear of looking in this mirror hold you hostage. I thought about it for a long time and uh, I still didn't do it until that day when I saw my, caught a glimpse of myself. And honestly, they say it's, um, most people tell you it's the anticipation that kills you and that um, when you look, it's not as bad as you think it is, but mine was worse than I thought it was. It was right. hundred times worse. Right. Burn survivors, you know, it's just so much worse. And, um, you know, God will heal us. I promise you that. As I see your skin leveling out in your face, it, it takes a, I don't know how this happened because my face was, you know, what it sh should have been, you know, the skin grafts and the right. and tones. And I, um, my surgeries, you know, you couldn't have visitors, but my surgeries got shut down. I got a call. Oh, there's no more surgeries in the Sneisenbach. And I was heartbroken um, because I thought that was the only way they were going to fix me. I need somebody to fix me. Mm -hmm. I wasn't broken, but I didn't know that, you know, <laughs> that I needed somebody to fix me. And um, all the surgeries stopped and there was nothing to do except sit around here. And for about a year, I got COVID in the hospital, got really depressed, and then, you know what, somehow, I mean, God did this. Uh, the only surgeries I've had since then were on my eyes that were very crooked. Um, my right, like, it was turned to the wall, and that mm -hmm. was the fire. My eye muscles had always been weak, and then after being in the coma for two months, you know, they weakened just like, did you have to learn to walk again? They do, like, walks, mm -hmm. I actually have a video um, of my first time walking, oh. um, but my mom was on FaceTime, so they I I, I told him I'm like call my mom, FaceTime my mom. So 
Um, they FaceTime my mom and she's like, go Chloe, go Chloe. But this in the video, I was still, you know, on a lot of medication. So it was, it was difficult. Um, but it, it feels like it happened so fast. Now looking back, going through it, it felt like it took forever. And mine was like three weeks or so that I had actually learned. Now I couldn't walk like I do now, but just being able to hold my weight and hold on to the walker and shuffle my feet, it took me three weeks. And see, I never had a walker. I had a nurse on each side and they held me under my arms uh, and they had me moving my feet. So, uh-huh. I had a walker. I think they started that way and then I had a walker. And they made me stand and hold it. And I was literally just shaking. It feels like you don't have any strength. Right. And we're only saying all this for you guys who are going through it right now. It's common. You will get through it. Mm -hmm. We're not saying it as a complaint. We're saying it as um, it, it might as feel a testimony. Right now. Yeah. You can do it. Mm -hmm. can, even though I, would, I was like, at one point, I thought I might be in a wheelchair forever. I might not be able to do this it, because it was so painful and I was just down. And I was ready to walk, but I didn't know how laying in the bed is like, okay, I'm about to get up and, and walk. <laughs> no, sorry. When you get up, you want to fall. <laughs> you can't but you want to get back up and you're going to, you're, you got to build your strength back up. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just, um, I just love your story. I had no idea that you had an ongoing case with this, but I think just the fact that you're moving on and helping others and you're not caught in the anger of it all. And I just, uh, you know, whatever the nurses said and you know, they're, and you're like, oh, we don't want to hear it. We don't hear how pretty you are. Yeah, you really are. I see it. You know, <laughs> it doesn't come from the, it doesn't come from out here, you know? I mean, I see it. It's just like, how are you so strong? And you're 26. I mean, anybody watching at 26, I, you know, I'm burned beauty. I don't know if I'd have been burned beauty at 26. <laughs> you know, that's a strong faith. Kudos to your mother. Yeah, my mom, my grandma, my great grandma, like it, 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 it comes from generations. Um, the strength. And I never really realized how strong I was until now. I always knew I had strength, but it was more so like strength. I have to show you that I'm you, you're not going to play with me, you know. Just big and bad strength. Not, not necessarily I can get through this strength. You know. People don't give themselves credit though for having that big and bad strength. Like like when you get through, um, you know, somebody bullying you or domestic violence or a smaller, or maybe not smaller, but a different, a different illness right. or something that you, and you get through that and we need to say, yes, yes, yes. Look at what I did and give ourselves mm -hmm. out of that because all those little things add up to being able to get through a big thing and we all have them whatever you're doing in your life or whatever has happened to you you have overcome something you have unless mm -hmm. you literally live in a bubble you've overcome something right and um knowing how to draw from that strength and remembering it is how we get here and that's how we have um in our hearts where we want to help others know that, you know, and I saw, let's see your TikTok. I think you have a TikTok also. Everyone who's watching, if you read down in the caption, you'll see all of Chloe's social media handles and you all go follow her. Everybody, if you're watching me, you should be watching Chloe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> follow her. <laughs> um, but I saw you, like you said, I, I saw you cook some good food the first time, I think. I don't know if that was on TikTok or... Yeah, those were um, TikTok videos. So is that what you do on TikTok or do you do all different... I do videos? everything on there. 
those were just the first ones because I was still kind of, you know, in my shell, not really putting my face out there. Right. But now um, I saw the feedback that I got from one of the um, posts that I posted after um, Miami. And I just ate chills. 30, 31K views. It was just like, that. Um, hold on, let me let me re refresh this because that don't say 31K. <laughs> you know, it was surreal. It was like, okay. And then I see all the positive comments. Of course, there was going to be some Forget crazy that. comments. <laughs> but ugly ones. And you know, we talked about that, right? Right. Um, with the coach and, and how that had happened and how mean people can be. And I was, I, when I saw the comment, I, um, it was funny because I, I kind of laughed because after the insult, it was a compliment in the same comment. And I'm like, how do you insult somebody and compliment them at the same time? Like, and so when I, I expressed it to um, my sister, she was like, what's your TikTok? <laughs> okay, well, I don't have to say anything. So it's all right. <laughs> Christina, she and she's a bigger TikToker than I am. She's like, "What's your TikTok again?" Right. <laughs> because I I was really upset, and I've been doing it a while. Just know that in the social media space, there will be times when, even though we know they're trolls and they're unhappy people, they might say something that gets you. You know that because we're human. Right. So just because you're an influencer or you made the video and you're putting your life out there doesn't mean you're not human. And what got me was when I was first starting on TikTok and I didn't understand TikTok well enough. I I had been an Instagrammer and you know I'm older than you. I never been I never seen TikTok. I never watched TikTok. <laughs> I would just take my Instagram stuff and put it on TikTok and you need to do TikTok a little bit differently. I've learned that now. Mm -hmm. um, it needs to be a little more, it just needs to be a different thing. You can use the same content, but you need to mix it up a little. If you're not right. that, it'll go, it goes really well. But, you know, I had done this one video and it had, it was my first one that went really big and it was like 70,000 views, not only a couple of thousand of them were likes and so many of them were, they thought my chest, <laughs> they thought this was chest hair. That hurt my feelings, you know? It was like, you can say anything else to me and I would just like ignore it, skip it, skip it, block it, skip it. But so many people said it that it got in my head and I started to think, well, I've only had these scars for, you know, a few years. Do they look like, does it look like chest hair? I don't know, right? And when when people say stuff and it doesn't apply, like how how maybe you need some glasses, you know? Yeah, maybe you need to stay off of social media if you can't see what you're trying to see. Like <laughs> they're like, are you a man or a woman? Your face and hair look pretty, but you got all this chest hair. And then that got me even further, sis, because you know, I love everybody. I'm fine for everybody. And then that got me in my head, like, well, what if I was a man? <laughs> and I right, like, what if I'm a man or a woman? Are you in bed with me at night? But why does it matter? Does that change what I just said or that I look cute? Right. You're, you're worried about the appearance, but skip the whole message, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's just like the whole thing. Can y'all hear my dog barking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Hold on. Dog barking. Sending a text, y'all. <laughs> this is the way we do podcast in my house where they know I'm podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> just got to have patience. But um, yeah, it was just, um, you know, it's just so rude of them. But now on TikTok, they like me and stuff. And I was like, well, sometimes you've just got to go through it. You've just got to get through, you know, the pain. Cause it hurt my feelings for a few weeks and I couldn't really talk about it too much. Cause people are like, oh, it's just trolls and it's just silliness. Yeah, but when you've been through stuff like we have, it, 
it hits different. It really hit different that time because it that was the one that made me doubt myself. Like, well, I never really thought about that. Do they look like? Um, do they look like hairs? And I'll never like. No, it does not look like hair. Right. And um, you know, it's just like it's just how people are. But they're gonna to, to make myself feel better. I'll go to their profile. And if I feel like they have no room to say anything about me, whether it's positive, I mean, whether it's negative or criticizing or whatever, you know, if if you don't have any room to talk, yeah, you're miserable and it shows. So I'll just, you know, just ignore it. Exactly. Hold on. We're all on the podcast and I'm trying to get my doggy doggy. <laughs> to be quiet. Yes, podcast. Yes, Spotify. It's the best podcast I've ever done. So we're wrapping up. I think I, I think that ringing the phone did it. <laughs> so <laughs> what's your goal? What's your goal? I'm so sorry for that interruption. Oh, no, you're fine. You're good. Um, <laughs> the, the initial goal is just to inspire people. Yeah. Um, no matter how I do it, um, whether it's talking to people, whether it's showing them, whether it's people just looking at me from the outside, you know, looking in, knowing my story, knowing that I'm still going, I'm still persevering, I'm still defying odds, you know. You are. That It's just to inspire people. Yeah, you are. And I mean, just like you said, you know, I, I came off, I got distracted by the little barky dog, but, you know, just starting out on the TikTok, you know, with the food and then, then you know, doing the Miami thing, that thing was dope. <laughs> I'm going to put those pictures in. That, I mean, you look like a supermodel. It's just Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Photo credits to my best friend because she, she really, she's the one who pushes me. Like when yeah. I get discouraged, she's like, um, hello, what are you doing? <laughs> we have to have that. We need that person. And she she's tough. She's kinda she's tough on me, but I need that. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't need I don't I don't like when I'm down and then somebody else feels sorry for me, then it brings me down even more. Now we're both down, we're both yeah, upset and sad, you know. Right. So she she's she's amazing. <laughs> I love that. that friend too, who's like, What's wrong with you? Oh yeah. But are you sick? Are you down? What's wrong with you? Right. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm gonna fix it. I'm gonna go talk to Chloe. So, traveling, and then what? What? Uh, what do you do on Instagram? Do you put the same post everywhere? Um, my Instagram is more so just like photo content. Um, I'll sometimes I'll share my TikTok videos to Instagram. Um, just to promote TikTok more. Yeah. Um, because you know when people see stuff on Instagram from TikTok with the little TikTok um yeah, the logo, they're they're like, Oh, she got a TikTok, let me go see, you know. So that's mostly what I do on Instagram. Um, but then I have a lot of people who I follow who are burn survivors on, on Instagram. Right. And so that's kind of my way of keeping in contact with them. Um just networking, network purposes for real. Just, yeah. yeah. Because there's so many of us. And if you um, really look, there's so many of us and we all are, not all, the majority of us are activists or working towards awareness and some, on some level, you know, some of us have full-time jobs and don't do this, you know, all day, every day like we do. But there's always a bit of activism and there always seems to be a desire to help others that I see. And I don't know if that, I don't think that's just burn survivors, even though I think that burn survivors might be the toughest group of people I've ever met. Like uh, just mental toughness. As we go through the motions. Yeah. Right. Up, down, happy, sad. You know, it's it's a lot. And and the physical pain is one that I'm not sure is rivaled by anything. If there's something that hurts more, I don't ever want to know it. You know, than than the way it I mean, I know it stops after the 
you feel the heat Feeling, right after the nerve endings but touch a donor site you know do the you know if you mm -hmm. In pain now, and you've got grafts. And are you all grafted? Or are you? Um, yeah, the my I, my my legs are donor sites. We're donor sites. My upper half is graft. Uh, chest, what back. Percentage. Seventy, I think it was. God, I'm thirty-five, and okay. I've both arms, my back, my whole face, and my chest about halfway down but my stomach is donor site well the sides of my stomach and my legs are all donor sites so when you look at me it just affects the whole body and it like you know probably like it does for you so mm -hmm. people need to know that but what do you want people to know the most we'll start winding up here in the in the next few minutes just with our thoughts because Actually, maybe I'll get, I'd, I'd like to get my thoughts on you first. <laughs> because, um, you know, when we've talked a few times and I had somehow in my mind either confused you with a girl who was set on fire by her boyfriend. And I think that is, I know a lot of people, right? And so I thought I knew your story. I knew that it, it wasn't an accident, but to hear it today, It was terrifying. It, um, yeah. it was um, just like to be not only attacked by a stranger who is planning to do who knows what. He's going to do something bad that day from what I'm hearing, or maybe, uh, allegedly. And I'm paralegal too. So, you know, he's going to do something or if something is going wrong in this person's day and then to be trapped in your car, you know, being on fire, being trapped in your car and not able to get out. Um, these are separate nightmares on their own for people, you know, just the typical fears that people have. And these things actually happened to you while you were just trying to get to cosmetology school, mm -hmm. which is a huge point, cosmetology school because that means you have the love of hair and makeup like I do. And what was difficult about that for me was um, I've always loved, you know, my hair done and my makeup and my nails done and after the fire and then after the, after the, um, the COVID came and the surgery stopped. Mm -hmm. I didn't even feel like doing makeup. I'd been kind of playing with it, wearing a little, seeing how I could cover and even out things. And um, I didn't want to. I was like, gosh, if I can't even look like, you know, I want to be glam. I want to be like I used to be. If I can't even do that, what's the point? I just don't want to do it. It was just depression and a bad attitude. Mm -hmm. you know? And then... I made a video and the only thing that saved me was people started messaging and telling me how much it inspired them. And that's what got me to keep doing it. Yeah. To keep putting the makeup on. And you know what? The more makeup I put on, the more products I used on my face, the more my skin healed, the more this face healed without surgery. Mm -hmm. Might not be the products. Uh, you know, I, I, I think it's... it, it, it and <laughs> you just have to have patience because it takes time. It does. Um, I know people that have been burned, you know, 20, 30 years and their skin is, you know, same color. And it just, it gave me hope. But at the time, it's like, okay, so how long is this going to take again? <laughs> well, when is it going to color, color going to come in? Because... My color on my face, I'm still a little light-skinned, but it's all the same color, you know? <laughs> still a little lacking sun, but that's because I don't go outside much. It's not too far off, though. If you look at my hand, that wasn't burned right here. I can mm -hmm. see. I'm just making stuff up. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that's just me. This, this is right. 
but it was very dark here, very dark here, very light here. During the Glenn Foundation, I'll just tell you, they just did a CC cream that they guaranteed makes your skin look more even toned in four weeks. And I didn't even know that. I chose Derma Blend Foundation just because it was thick and it would cover my face. And, you know, it would, I could get one color, mm -hmm. my face, you know, just go a little bit darker. It might not be the right color for the rest of my body, but it worked, you know, right. even it out. It was even, right. And I really believe that that makeup, and then, you know, I used um, Fenty Fat Water and I used collagen and um, hyaluronic acid, just kind of religiously. And suddenly I just started to notice, I was like, wow, there's hardly any difference. And the difference was really, really big. And my skin softened. And the last time I saw my surgeon, he said, how did you do this? I was like, well, I, I would put the makeup on every day to help others. And I believe maybe it's not the makeup, but when we put good things into the world, good things come back to us. Exactly. Law of attraction, it's karma. Mm -hmm. That's what happened. That's, that's how it happens, really. Exactly. And um, I'm just honored to have gotten to speak to you tonight. And I want to give you the last word for people who, I mean, you just overcome everything. You could speak on everything. Really, what was the most difficult part of the situation for you? And what encouragement for people who are, if they were in the burn unit right now, what you would want them to know? Well, the most difficult part was, you know, the therapy and stuff. And actually pushing to get out the hospital. Because it felt like yeah. it was never going to come. Right. You know, my birthday came. I turned 25 in the hospital. I had big plans for my 25th birthday. So, you know, that was hard. But my mom came. Mom, they actually opened the hospital up for my mom for her to come for my birthday. Nice. So she threw me a birthday party. And like I said, my mom, she's going to always come whenever, you know, so she's going to make it happen. And she did that. Um, the, the hardest part, though, was just, you know, pushing to get out of the hospital. Me too. But it was worth it and hard work pays off. It does. Hard work pays off y'all. And that's all you gotta know. And um, just like I just said, what Chloe is doing right now is giving back because listen to her words, look at her, look at her social media and you'll understand what strength and resilience and overcoming is at its finest and it always will come back to you as wanting to help mm -hmm. other people so if you're in the hospital right now chloe and i love you oh you love them to pieces love you to pieces <laughs> my hand isn't even there <laughs> we love you we hope you either see us or hear us and if you ever have questions as i can speak for myself you can always message me I will answer you. It might take some time, but I'm coming. <laughs> I will message you. Yes, and I'm sure. And, and that's that. And that's because out of all the people that I reached out to, all the burn survivors that I reached out to, you were the first. Well, the second, but to actually, you're the first person I built a bond with. Right. And we're in two totally different states, you know. Yeah. And for yeah. us to, to be as close as we are, I really appreciate you for that. So. Reach out to her and, and me too. You know, I, I, I'm not to the point where I can't reply. And yeah. so, hey. We're going to, I think we're going to go um, some big places, Chloe. I know you are. You know what? We so, are. We are. Thank you so much for coming on and for everybody watching. What do you need to do? Like, subscribe, share, tell a friend who's going through something. We're um, not recording to get famous. We're recording to help those people that need to hear this. That somebody needs to hear this today. Exactly. So if you're hearing it, share it. And remember that whatever is going on with you, that this too shall pass. And we'll see you next week.